0: This is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage cottagecore life. It's December, and it's cold, and it's a little gray. Even though there's some blue kind of peering out between the clouds right now, we are very much in winter. And I'm looking out at my garden, and I'm seeing the little pale brown and pale green rose leaves, the red uh, pretty rose hips poking out and I see the little husks of seeds uh, that used to be on the rose of Sharon and everything looks so at rest and then I look against the wall near my shed and well really it's my husband's shed more than mine and I see a really noble but sad looking scythe because I love scythes and sickles and whatnot I just happened to have a scythe I actually had two but the wooden handle on the other one finally gave out it is covered in rust and needs a lot of care I mean it needs a lot of care so this weekend I'm going to take care of it I'm going to make it feel a little better there we go anthropomorph <laughs> I can't say it, it. anthropomorphic personification I'm personifying the scythe like it has feelings I'm not sorry um, it does have feelings so there but um, <laughs> I definitely need to take care of it and that's going to involve removing rust, oiling, peening so since I'm getting ready to do it and psyching myself up for it I figured Let's talk about what that looks like. So open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on tools, because today we're going to talk about peening and oiling your scythe. Okay, so today's episode is going to be about scythes, and it's really a special subject to me. I love sides, I love sickles, I grew up using these tools, uh, these are, you know, I, my dad had plenty of jobs, and my daddy used to uh, be a landscaper as one of his side jobs. He's also a farmer when he was born, well, not when he was born, that would have been difficult, but he grew up as a farmer, so he knows how, knew how to use all these tools, and, and in exchange of, you know, raising me, I grew to love these tools as well. And it's a very special episode to me. You know what else is also special? Today's sponsor, Lotions, Potions, Notions. Lotions, Potions, and Notions is found online at facebook.com. It's Lotions, Potions, Notions, because some companies have a similar name, but she's the original, Lotions, Potions, Notions. You can find her at ljrose at hotmail.com and ask for a catalog. You can look on Facebook and look for her group. Because she's a customer group, her products are top-notch, I have driven three hours one way across the state of Michigan to go and pick up some of her products from her home after she had finished her show run for the year because they did that much for my daughter who had eczema at the time. I mean, I can't say enough about her and that she has chosen to sponsor today's episode means a lot to me. And if you get a chance, check out her kitty crack uh, for kittens and cats as well as puppy crack because they go crazy for it i can't say enough about it i love this lady check out her products she is the best lotions potions notions all natural products for people and pets and she wild crafts her things as well so i know it's quality i mean i just her soaps are amazing okay okay now back to the show things I want to do is make sure that the handle is safe, that it's in good condition, that it's not warped, that it's not cracked, that it's not splintering. I want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to hurt me when I'm using the scythe, so I have to make sure it's not, you know, covered in rough patches that might hide hidden splinters. I need to make sure that nothing has gotten into it, like termites or carpenter ants, which is usually not very likely, but you never know. I also need to make sure that it hasn't uh, become very warped to where maybe the, the head of it might not fit as well or the handles might slide. Remember, this is a razor sharp tool, potentially. We don't want to have any accidents where we swing that bad boy and the blade just goes flying. I don't have liability insurance for that to cover someone being chopped up by a scythe, but I'm absolutely positive that there is a code for it in medical billing. I just don't know what it is. Maybe I'll look it up. So that's the first thing we do. We do a visual inspection, visual inspection of the handle. that we want to do other than looking at the wood now we want to look at the metal because there are bands on this there's a metal band where the first handle is a metal band where the second smaller handle is of course the long staff you know i call that a handle too but it is actually the staff we want to make sure that where the rings are attached for the head of the scythe are safe if there's a handle on the bottom of the scythe, you want to make sure that's firmly attached But right now I'm focusing on the metal. Is the metal too rusted to be saved? Is it broken? Has something happened to it? Is it no longer the right size? Has something caught it and stretched it out? Believe it or not, that can happen. Has the blade itself been damaged? That's something you want to look at. Has it been cracked? Has it been warped? Do you need to take it to the blacksmith to have them, you know, maybe do some work to it beyond what you can do at home? It's important that we look at a tool before we start using a tool or start taking care of the tool, make sure it's worth saving. Now, usually something that's made with iron or steel, it's not gonna have a lot of warping, but that also depends on how it was stored. Is this an old item? Is it something you use regularly? This is very important. thing you want to do is remove the head of the scythe and get ready to soak it. Now soaking it involves putting it in white vinegar. But before you do all that, you want to wash it, not just with water, but with soapy water. Why? Because any oil that's left on the scythe, and that's from anything, even your fingerprints, any oil that's on the scythe, can interfere in what you're trying to accomplish by soaking it in the vinegar. You're going to completely submerge it in a container of white vinegar for anywhere from one to five days. And you're doing that really based on how much rust is really there. You're just going to let it soak. And after it's soaked all that time, you're going to take it out and get some steel wool and some soapy water, and you're going to go to town. And you're going to have to remove all that rust now this is going to leave you with the staff or the long part of the handle of the scythe and it has a name it's not just the staff it has a name and the name is the snap So before we peen our blade, we're going to take care of our snap. And we're going to first do this by inspecting it and going down the whole portion of the snap with some sandpaper. You start off with the rough sandpaper if it's in really bad shape, and you finish it off with that really ultra fine to smooth it out. Once that's all done, you're going to go over it again two or three times with a nice mineral oil or wood oil to make sure it's truly protected against the elements. If in any places it's become broken or cracked or warped, then you're going to have to work on those parts. Maybe sand them down, take them to someone who can fix them if you have to. Believe it or not, there are people who do fix these things. You can usually leave a little, you know, tab up at your local farmer supply. You can look on Craigslist, be careful on Craigslist, or you can look in different farming forums. And there's usually someone there who either can repair it for you or give you a new one. Well, not give you one, you're going to pay for it. Or if you're very handy, you can also, you know, kind of make your own. Remember, if the girls don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Okay, that was a quote from the Red Green Show which is a Canadian show. I am from Michigan. We like Canadian humor. It's a thing. We love Canadian humor so much. I grew up on, uh, okay. You know, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to start talking about that, but for the real ones out there, for the real ones who know about growing up on channel nine, you'll recognize you'll recognize that from Jalen Candy show. So we're going to move on. You know, I almost forgot to let you know what we're talking about as far as my scythe. I almost forgot to tell you what kind I have. I have an American scythe. And I know that since you think that the American scythe would be more utilitarian and straight, and the European scythe would be the one all curvy, it's the other way around. The American scythe that I have has that nice uh, curved handle and has that nice curved blade. And the European side has that straighter handle and that straighter blade. Mine is nice. And and it's, it's, I really like it. it. I really like it. It reminds me of the one that I saw in Friday the 13th, the series way back in the day. If you don't know about it, you want to go back. It was like, it was about Mickey and her cousin Ryan taking over a cursed store of antiques. It was great. But this is the perfect thing for me. And I'm not very tall, So it kind of works out because it it actually curves around me a little bit, so it's easier for me to use. But I really love my scythe, but I think we should get acquainted with the different parts of it because we've been talking a lot and I've been kind of talking about them, but I didn't get into them the way I should. So let's talk about that now. Most elemental base, a scythe has a blade and a snap, and that's the majority of what you're gonna to need to know. But there's other parts to it, obviously, as far as the little bitty handles that are on the on the uh, snap, and those are called nibs or grips. It, I mean, it depends on what you were taught, but officially they're they're nibs, N-I-B-S, nibs or grips. And there's even a little bit more to it t- than that. Because some people put an extra little piece on the bottom, which that's a personal thing. Not everybody does that. But that's the first part that you need to know. Those are they're right off top. You need to know what those are called. Then we're going to talk about the blade itself. The blade, even though you know it's pretty me- rudimentary, is just the blade. But it has parts. So the, the tip of it, the pointy part, is called the toe that's the toe of your scythe blade is the toe and then you've got the back of it okay then the next portion you've got there is the beard of the blade the beard is opposite the toe but it's the part that is on the bottom of the edge on the top of the edge that is the heel okay and there's that space in between the blade and the um the snap and the heel is what winds up curving down over but where that curve is from the blade itself to where it goes all the way over and is attached to the snap with the tang that little section right there that little thin piece that's called the neck I know we're getting really into it right now right But the thing is, my scythe is an American scythe. So I don't have a beard on mine. I just have a straight straight blade, straight edge. So I don't have that. So that little beard that I just talked about will not be on your American scythe. It'll be on your European scythe. And then we've got, you know, the ring. So it's a little bit different. It's important to know what kind of scythe we're talking about when we talk about the parts. And, of course, there's the knob. Now, I keep pointing out that my scythe is an American scythe, and there's a reason for that. My blade head is attached to the snath by a U-bolt, and I can actually adjust that a little bit. I can literally alter the angle I can take it off I can put it back on Um, it really comes down to where I want that blade to be and the reason that's important is that it also helps me accommodate for what it is I'm cutting and how tall the person is that's using it you know what they need to have happen you can uh, of course adjust other ones but it's done a little bit differently this way you know it's even attached to the snap differently than the European one You know because they're attached with a ring and they have to make a different kind of adjustment mine is a straight shot so it's a lot easier for me to work with because i'm accustomed to it but It also comes down to the fact that I like the blade reach on this one. There's different kinds of blades. Some are meant for like, you know, close quarter work, like regular grass fields, and some are bush sides. Those are the really big ones. Those ones can get up to 50 centimeters long, centimeters long. Those are huge, those are absolutely huge. Mine isn't exactly small either. And looking at it, just eyeballing it, I'm pretty sure it's about It's about 50 centimeters. So I've got a big bad boy here. But everything is so rusted. Even the knob is rusted, but I love it because it has adjustable handles too. But this one, where's my other handle? Is my other handle missing? There it is, I got worried. I was about to say, wait a minute, what's going on? Yes, both handles are there, but one of them, one of them looks a little cracked, so I'm gonna have to replace that. It's important to have everything be in good condition when you're dealing with a bladed tool. I'm going to tell you a funny story and this goes back to how unusual my family is. So as some of you know, if you've been following the podcast or if you know me in person or heard of me, and we won't get into why you might've heard of me, (laughs) but most of you know that I was raised in a kinship kind of foster care, which means my cousins, my very much older cousins, raised me my daddy was not my father my mama was not my mother but i do know my mother and i did know my father i just wasn't raised by them because life interferes and sometimes things don't work out like the storybooks so moving on anyway my dad had the best tools my daddy had the best tools but a lot of them were not the way they were intended to be and i mean that in saying my daddy used to make adjustments to his tools. So for the last 30 or so years, I've been looking for a specific garden tool that my, my daddy had in his garden. Okay. And I couldn't find it anywhere and I couldn't figure it out. And nobody I spoke with would, you know, even they couldn't figure it out. Well, I was talking to my husband, I was doing, you know, something and I was saying, Oh, I'm doing a, a podcast episode on my side and other sides, and he looked at me and i looked at him and i had a moment for some reason just looking at him and the way he was moving around uh wielding a tool i was like i know what happened and i was like i'm talking to him i think i know what happened and he's talking to me turns out my the tool that i was looking for that my father was using or my daddy was using he had a scythe but he had modified it replaced the snap with a different kind of handle turn the blade head and cut the end off. And I remember he used to do stuff with his bladed objects and that's why he had a scythe. That was the tool I was looking for when I was younger was an actual straight armed scythe that he had modified and cut off the toe and reshaped. And that's why he could use the scythe the way he did, because when he did that, he made it possible because my husband pointed out he had weaker shoulders in his older age for him to swing it like a golf club. My my husband called it a golf club, Scythe. I'm so messed up. I love you, my little Sagittarius. Love you, Kyle. Now, we spoke about removing the rust and using a steel wool brush, or steel brush, or not steel wool brush, a steel brush or steel wool and doing it the old-fashioned way. But I would be wrong to tell you that they're, to not tell you about something that can help you in this so you don't have to work as hard. And that's the rust remover bar. It's kind of like, it's an actual eraser, as they call those, like, okay, I'm not sponsored by Magic Eraser, but it is actually a rust remover eraser. And it's got silicone in it, and it sands it down it, it removes it so you don't have to work as hard and you can use it with lubricant you can even use it with water and in this case i'm going to recommend you use it with water and if you don't want to do all the steel brush through the thing just use this and you can even cut it the size and that's really cool well some of them now some of them you can't cut but in this case you can i highly recommend it there's different companies that make them and it'll make your life a lot easier Once I have this bad boy all done, rust free, I've peened it by banging the edge, making it as thin as possible, which pushes the metal backward, as you know, I'm going to sharpen it with a a really good sharpener, a really good file, yes we're going file. Um, You can sharpen it with a sharpening stone, don't get me wrong, but for some of this, sometimes you need a really good metal file to really get in there. So I'm going to use a metal file, then I'm going to finish it off with maybe a sharpening stone, really, you know, a fine grain. And then I'm going to oil it. And once I finish all that, I'm going to make a nice wrapping for the head so that you can keep it from being as exposed to the elements while it's not in use. Because I just flat out have no more room in my shed. I really don't. I just, I just don't. It's very large And we've got a lot of stuff in there. So it's hanging out where the rest of some of the tools that are stored outside are. And no, it's not best for it, but usually I was keeping it kind of taken care of, but now we've got more things as you accumulate things through life. And so now I need to wrap it. So what I'm going to do is make a very large either wax wrap, a wax cloth wrap, or or. I'm going to make an oil cloth and I think we talked about how to make an oil cloth earlier this year. I'll have to look back through there, but I'm probably going to make an oil cloth, but it's not going to be an ugly one. I'm going to make it pretty, but, and then I'm going to wrap it. It's going to be really cool and it'll be nice and snug as a bug in a rug for the winter. I want to take a moment to thank all of you before we end this episode for being such faithful friends and listening to these little chats that we have and this time we spend together. It's been two years and a little bit over and I have to say I'm surprised by how many countries are listening to this podcast. How large our family has grown. It is amazing to me. And I I really feel most of you are just finding this odd little nation that we have of people who like kindness and and simplicity and crafts and projects and plants. It's a weird little thing we've got going here, but I love every second of it. And I want to thank you so much for supporting the podcast, for listening, for being here, for helping each other. In daily life and I wish to continue to give you episodes and topics that entertain you and sometimes educate you I love sharing these things with my friends and we're friends right so as we end this episode I would like to also remind everyone be careful with how you store your scythe never store it in a way that someone could accidentally step on it or jab their eye out with the toe Uh, by hanging it from the ceiling without making sure it's very plainly seen because we always want to be safe and little hands and little fingers seem to find their way into tool sheds uh, without us knowing so let's, let's be mindful of that well look we made it through the whole episode without a real mom joke you know I guess we're gonna cut the episode here get it? cutting sides you're looking at you're groaning well, come on, it wasn't that bad, was it? Uh, okay, fine. Well, we've got a few more episodes before the year's end. Uh, our calendar, our Gregorian calendar, or CE, Common Era, for others who don't follow that one. And um, again, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to continuing our journey together here on My Magical Cottage Life.